Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Peril Begum. She is an award-winning life leadership and confidence coach, the founder and owner of Boost Your Confidence Academy, and an international best-selling author. Welcome, Peril. Thank you so much for making the time. How are you today? Thank you very much, Brad, giving me the opportunity to come and talk on your show. Yeah, I'm feeling fantastic. How are you doing? Excellent. I'm doing great. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I'm looking forward to jumping in and learning and sharing more about you and your journey, your story. So let's jump right in. So as mentioned, you are all of the things I already mentioned, as well as you're a keynote speaker, a podcaster, a safeguarding trainer, and last but certainly not least, you're a mother to two children. That is one hell of a lot of hats you wear in quite an extensive resume. How on earth do you find all the time for this, Peril? And how important is prioritization and organization to you? And how do you stay on top of things? Great question, Brad. I did not get here easily. <laughs> I did um, get some help. I think the important thing is, uh, you know, with prioritizations and, and times, you know, keeping is looking at what is your priority. For me, Brad, why I'm doing all this is because of my children, right. you know, and I decided to become a full-time mother when I quit my job four years ago. And I still struggle with time setting and timekeeping and organization, but I found my methods. I've got a system. You know, I keep double diary and yeah, so I worked on it. And my desire to help others, I know my, my top desire is not just to help myself, but share my gifts with others. In order to share my gift with others, definitely I need to be top of on, uh, you know, timekeeping and organization. So as I mentioned, I use my, you know, I use my system. Yeah. Make sure it's work for me. Sometimes system doesn't work, but <laughs> You know, I'm a multi-skilled person. I do things, you know, constantly make sure I give time to my kids and I give time to myself. I also find, you know, I haven't mentioned, I also do go to the gym three times. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so three times sure a week. That I keep healthy. I look after myself as well. So definitely organization and time kicking is really important. Whether you're working, you got business, it's always has to be your top priority. Otherwise, it's, it's hard to achieve things. Absolutely, for sure. So how long have you been a life leadership and confidence coach, Peril? I qualified as a life leadership coach over five years ago. And then um, that actually helped me to quit my job, to be honest. <laughs> because when I qualified as a life leadership, I said, that's it. I'm not yeah. working for somebody else. I've been working for somebody else, helping so many people, so many organizations, but I need to do something for myself. 
And so speaking of that, what were you doing for a living before you jumped into becoming a coach and entrepreneurship? Thank you for asking the question. I was waiting for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I've got a long history, Brad. I started my working life when I was in school, really, helping my dad with his, uh, he was working from home, helping him on, on that. And then when I finishing school, I started working in a community center as a volunteer, helping women, well, young women, really girls, to stay in education because I worked with I'm from Asian community. I lived in the heart of Bangladeshi community where girls were married off age of 16. So, 16? Uh, yes. Yeah, as soon as they finished school, there was no legislations uh, to prevent the marriage because after 16, they were allowed to. So parents would take them home, back home in their back home of Bangladesh, get them married off to their cousins, relatives to bring the boys here for economic reason. Not because of love, is because of economic reason. And that really hit me. That really irritated me. I've seen girls crying. I've seen domestic violence in the community. I've also seen high divorce rate. So that actually got me into volunteering communities and doing lots of mediation work. I actually won an award in 1999 called Millennium Award to help girls I, uh, for mediation work running a lot of sessions between mom and, and the girls, helping right. them to build their self-confidence so they can speak up for themselves. So my journey of kind of working started there. Then I went on when I university, I went to work for a national organization where I was part of the safeguarding campaign board for the local authority which led into, as being part of the campaign group with others, the forced marriage legislation came in after several local authorities and campaign group working. Baroness Scotland actually was part of this. She brought the legislation of forced marriage. So now forced marriage is illegal. Yeah, so that's where kind of like I started and then I went into managing children and family services, working for two biggest national charities. I work with a whole range of services, Forced marriage, FGM. Um, I don't know whether you are here of FGM. The female genital mutilation happened. Oh, yes, yes, of, yes. Sorry, yes. I yeah, have, lots yeah. of North African community. Yeah, so I actually worked with the, some of the highest need people: disability, normal communication, children on the street, refugee asylum seeker. You name it, <laughs> and become a senior manager, and then things changed. You know, yeah, and then I had high-level job to nothing, which I'll tell you a bit later. (laughs) You're doing all this work that had to be incredibly gratifying and satisfying that you're able to do this work. So what inspired your journey into the world of coaching then and leaving that job behind and moving into working for yourself? So as I said, when I worked 16 and a half years from student life to kind of like late 30s really for this organization and um, what I did, Brad, one of the things is because I was managing huge number of staff and volunteers, I was coaching all the time. Right. I was helping my staff member to reach their potential in the top level job. I mean, some of my staff went to CEO of a smaller organization. And then when I had my second child, walked into the job after maternity leave, I was even in notice saying, you no longer require, we restructure. That really hit me. I just thought, oh, I gave my life for this job. I, I went from one contract to multi-million pound budget managing huge two region and now I've got nothing. So I went through four months of being upset, depressed, and I got some help of coaching myself, looking at where I want to go. Then I found myself ending up in a course for property and I became within three months of losing my job, 
I became a property investor. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so that's my journey to entrepreneurship became. However, being working with children and family services, the passion to help people. You know, when I help someone, someone achieve a result, that gave me great satisfaction. Yeah. I went back to the job while investing part-time. I went back to job, but I faced bullying there. I faced bullying in my other job as well. And I just thought, this is not the life I want. Also, I've seen my kids, actually, one was, was starting nursery, one was going high school. I said, I'm not giving any time to my kids. What am I doing? So I had to go through a self-analysis myself to discover that, no, I do not want to work for somebody else. I want to be post-free. I want to have some me time. And yeah. I want to give time to my kids because that's my greatest uh, happiness. Happiness yeah. comes giving to my children, giving to myself. So that's the reason I decided now within nine months of qualifying, I'm going to give my job and specialize in coaching because I know how to help people. And that gives me great satisfaction. So that is the reason I quit my job and I became a life and leadership coach and confidence coach. Beautiful. And so with all those experiences of working with young girls and women and all the things you've seen and your personal struggles of being bullied, etc. How have these experiences helped shape the peril you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think? Yes, but yeah, there's lots of things happen in my life. And I suppose for me, experience always teaches a lesson. Failure teaches a lesson, struggle teaches a lesson. And, you know, I had some bad lesson. I lost my dad at, at, when I was in end of second year of my university mm -hmm. for me that was my starting point of going through a life journey because i had to look after my four siblings three were under the age of eight wow. and my disabled mother who were hearing difficulty and as you can see from my big voice i've got a big voice because i have to talk to my <laughs> mom loudly <laughs> uh, so that's where why i kind of started my life journey of looking up on my mom my four siblings one teenager going through teenagehood things and three under the age of eight <laughs> then i never stopped really then seeing what's happening in the community even myself brad i haven't mentioned i was nearly forced into marriage oh my gosh I, yes imagine yourself you know Locked in, a, you went to see your grandparents in, in Bangladesh and locked in your room by an extended family in a dark room between five adults and um, pressurizing you to get married. That That's time, horrible. Thought, you know, my feeling was, That's it. I'm not going to be graduating next year. My life is ending. Mm -hmm. Because they were pressurizing me emotionally so much, like, Is your cousin? They need help. When he goes there, he'll be able to provide for his family. There's nothing about me. It's all about them. The you boys, know? the men. Yes. It's a high demand that, you know, I am the economy or financial ladder for them to come to the UK and get a job. I that feel is horrible. That's it. that's it. My life is ending here. I was breathless. I could hear my own heartbeat. I was shaking. I was shivering. And, you know, as a young, you know, university student, what do you expect? I was not, you know, I was not any full grown-up adult. I was right. young adult, you know, just yeah. full of dream that I want to get a job. I want to make sure my brothers are, my, my dad left me with a responsibility for my brothers and my mom. I want to make sure my brothers done their graduation, get a good job, have a good life. I want to buy a house. I want mm -hmm. to move out of the area. So I had a full of dream. 
you know, buying a new car, a house, and provide for my family that my dad left, you know, responsibility. Yeah. And finding yourself, you can't breathe anymore, and your dream coming to an end. And from that point of, I mean, thank God I didn't agree, and, and my, my grandparents supported me, you know, as well, because when I said no to my own grandfather, he said, Parul, I respect your decision. Go back. So I came wow. to the UK, continue with my dream, but few years later, I found myself same position again, Brad. Oh, my, my cousin gosh. tried to force me into my to the, the this cousin that I refused. Um, she tried to be bossy. So when I found my own husband, she didn't like it. So I had to go ahead without her, with my support of my mom and and other family member, and marry the guy I chosen. However, it's been twenty years, Brad. She doesn't talk to me. Oh my gosh! Yeah, still we don't have no communication. I miss my niece and nephews because they kind of grown with me. Right. In my hand. So it's a life lesson. I had to find happiness within me. And I think having my own children now helps, obviously. I mean, still my, I miss my niece and nephews. But having my own children and looking through, focusing on myself and my family helped me. But that was a big trauma of going through, like, my cousin who grew up with me. She, she's a bit older than me. My dad and my grandparents actually raised her because her mom had too many kids. But then having that experience from her was really, really emotionally draining. Yeah, so those life lessons, and as I say, I've been bullied multiply, bullied, bullied at workplace. I just thought, you know, I had a dream, Brad. And my yeah. dream is to have best time with my kids. And my dream was to be, have a best version of myself and achieve all these things. And I suppose my dream helped me to reshape me who I am now and all the life challenges because life challenge can take us down or put us up. For me, I use those life challenges to take me to the next level to help all those who are suffering because of life experience and all who are going through life experience and they don't know where to go next. So I work with those who are lost at the moment in the mindset of they don't know where to go next. I love it. That is incredible strength and resilience and courage that you demonstrated. I think it's absolutely incredible and so admirable. Good for you for standing up for yourself because I am I can't even imagine how hard that must have been to stand up like that and say, "No, you're not marrying me off. I have plans and dreams for myself and that's what I'm going to do." Absolutely. Yes. I mean, when you've been through it is challenging, but I think Yeah. When you come out of it, you say, okay, I had to go through the journey to become yeah, who I am now. Absolutely. Yeah. So for you then, what was the biggest or most valuable takeaway or lesson from all of those experiences that you went through with the work you did, with dealing with your family, all of that? I think for life lesson is life is a journey. It's like, a, you know, there is no straight road in life and there is no straight road only when you drive. All roads goes through Bendy, you know, um, yeah. always zigzag, always bendy road. And life is like a bendy road. You have to go through a journey to get to your destination. And I had a dream. I had a focus. Yes, my destination is there, but I need to get there. I mean, I didn't get there my own. I, with all this, I did get some help with mentors and coach to help me to keep focus and, you know, learn some strategies, learn some systems. Mm -hmm. And create a good habit so that I can keep focus and I can achieve those dreams. So, yes, um, yeah, it's, it's a lesson, you know, and a life is a journey. I want to talk a little bit about your coaching 
work now. In your opinion, Peril, what is the most important quality or skill set in a life leadership and confidence coach? For me, Brad, is helping individual or business you know, owners, helping them to find answer within themselves. The answer, they everyone have answer within themselves. But you have to have, as a coach, you have to have the skill set to help them to brush those skill set they have and help them to identify answer within them. So listening, definitely, you have to be a good listener. Uh, yeah. Being okay. patient. Bring trustworthy because you have to have that trust mm-hmm. to help somebody. If you don't trust them, if they don't trust them, you can't help somebody. So definitely, you know, is looking the quality within the person and help them to reshape and bring it out. Beautiful. Now, what is your greatest strength as a coach? I have a number of skills. I think one is I listen to people. Okay. I listen to people. I'm very patient. I'm very trustworthy. People can relate to me and I relate to people. I go into their issue, understand their issue. Because without me understanding what they're going through, I can't help someone. So I have to go to go to deeper level, understanding what their issue and where they want to go, really. So understanding their mindset and their focus and their dream, really, where they want to go. So for me, top skill, definitely listening. Okay. Listening with an open ear so yeah. I can understand everything, what they're saying, where they want to go. Now, what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before you decide to work with them? I think one of the top thing I look for is they want to change. They want to live a best life and they are eager to go forward to change. Because if they don't want something, I can help them because I can only help them to find answer within themselves. But they're wanting to be changed. Yeah, they, I mean, they have to want to put in the work. They have to want to do make make the changes in their lives and change things. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they don't want to, I mean, I had clients, some, uh, Brad, that I had to tell them that if they don't do things they promised to do, I can help them. Well, because, it's true. Because if somebody want, want to change, but they don't do the work, they need to be done, they can't change. That's right. That's right. I can I can help them if they don't help themselves. So definitely That's right. somebody who can help themselves with the support. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? Oh, that's a great question. A lot. I mean, I, especially female and teen coaching, for me, I want to have a bigger impact. As I say, I go life purpose, Brad. I want to have a bigger impact, especially for women and teenagers. And when I see someone shine, someone achieve, that gives me great satisfaction. And I teach from my own experiences. I know life is not easy. It's challenging, but finding a way to help yourself is the greatest strength. So for me, is um, I want to help and I want someone to receive that so they can help themselves. So bringing kind of like create the life they deserve. And that's what my motto is, help someone to create the life they deserve. I love it. Now, on the flip side of that, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts about the work that you do? Being self-employed is not easy. No. Uh, because when you work <laughs> nine to five, you know, you guarantee check coming in. So yeah. being self-employed, then you have to have that resilience that business takes time to grow. Yes. And when you have clients who don't, don't want to, we have people who do hard sell. 
I don't do hard sell. For me, is if somebody wants my service, they know the value I provide. So uh, sometimes it's negotiation of, oh, I don't have money. Can you do some session? And I did, Brad, five years, uh, especially during COVID, the two years I provided free service. Right. But at the end of the day, this is a business as well as, you know. Um, Absolutely. This is how you make a living. You have to yes. survive. And, 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 and I think when people want free service, now I had to say no. You know, I always keep two space free, not free to leave people who are on benefit as a half price. Okay. Because I want to give back to the community. Yeah. So I always keep two space free as a half price. And they get six, uh, six to seven sessions. Up. Wow, that's uh, very I, I generous. Giving back, uh, I mean, working for charity, two big charity. I still, you know, and my dad's taking away from my dad always gave. So I want to give back to the community, but I can't give free service anymore. Uh, and yeah. my strength, I spend thousands learning those skill sets. Exactly. You know, and and I, I appreciate when people value my skills. You know, is is an exchange, and one of the things I found, Brad, is when people pay, they listen. They value it more. They'll put in the work exactly. when it's free. They're yes. not going to put in as much yes. effort because they're not paying for it. No, absolutely, and that's another lesson I I had to learn that you know not to provide free service because if if I want people to make an impact in their life, they have to pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. Can you speak a little bit about the Boost Your Confidence Academy when you started it? What was the inspiration behind starting the academy? Yeah, Tell us a little you. bit about it. Yeah. So beginning of COVID, I lost my part-time contract, consultancy contract, because I walked out of the job before that. And my friends and, and some of the women's group I belong to, they started referring women who were going through domestic violence. Because domestic violence went roof high during COVID because yes. both husband and wife or partners at home being face-to-face -to -face together obviously is when 10 times more than what it used to be. And I had all this referral and I was working free, as I said, and um, listening to women and trying to help them. And I was a one-stop shop of divorce advice. Right. <laughs> you know, advice like helping them with divorce, helping them with child care, money. In a housing, the whole lot. And I tried to find friends where I can refer, refer them for legal advice. I'm not a legal advisor. And after doing one year, I got really exhausted. I just thought, I'm doing everything. You know, I'm not a childcare advisor. I'm not a housing advisor. I'm not a legal advisor. But I built people's strength. So I had to rebrand. I got help of a mentor and I rebranded. I thought, I need to focus on something. So I add confidence in top of my life and leadership coaching saying I need to help women to develop self-confidence so they can deal with their issue themselves once they reach their confidence. So then just a year ago, I found, um, I rebranded and I found myself uh, renaming to Boost Your Confidence Academy. I got my brand work done and I've kind of reshaped it to confidence so Boost Your Confidence okay. Academy was found last year. Uh, okay. And okay. I have developed, with help of my coaching mentors, I developed a framework based on my own journey of seven-step formula to unshakable confidence. So the, it is a test, tried and tested formula because it's worked on me. And it's yeah. worked on all those women I helped during COVID time. Those women wanted help, they got help. Those women are still you know, finding challenging. I use those formula to help them to find themselves. So I've used that formula. I've written a book called um, Boost Your Confidence in Seven Days. It's a seven weeks program. 
mm-hmm. online, all in Zoom, where I have accountability session. I give them everyday homework. It focuses on the seven-step formula called VISIBLE, the acronym, yeah. where I look at their bigger vision, their big why, their self-care, money mindset, you know, focusing on how they can live a luxury life. And living a luxury life is not all about money. It's having a peace of mind. So right. I have a seven step, each step then have a sub steps to help them to rediscover themselves to whether they are business women, whether they are women who just want to change or, you know, they're going through a challenge or they've been through life challenging experience. So I work with some of my women has been, uh, you know, come from bullying and harassment at workplace to domestic violence to abusive relationship, childhood trauma where people struggle and people still hold on to it. So my steps actually help them to come out of that and focus on present moment, live their future life at present and being themselves, enjoying themselves, and, you know, looking at their life purpose, really, where they are creating, what they want to achieve in this world, remembering that they, we all have one life and we that's have right. to even best version of ourselves. So that's, that's what my... Seven Step Formula and Boost Your Confidence Academy. That is powerful and beautiful. You're right. We only have one life. We only get one go around and one shot at this life. So why wouldn't we want to be happy and do everything we can to make it the best life we can possibly live? You're a safeguarding trainer. For those who might not know what that is, can you share with us what a safeguarding trainer is and what the work you do as a safeguarding trainer is? Yeah. Thank you, Brad. Yes, as I say, I work in children and family services for 20 years between two big organizations. I always have to deal with child protection cases, you know, children children's or young adults being abused and looking at, you know, how we can support them. So I brought my experience of that 20 years experience, and I specialize in people understanding how to safeguard a child or an adult who might have going through things and somebody abusing them. And abusing doesn't mean just physical and sexual abuse, but other emotional abuse as well. And so I do specialist training like, for example, online and offline grooming, because I we've seen with the technology, we have now bigger risk as well as opportunity with the technology. Children are, you know, they're being groomed online. Yeah. Ad- adult being, you know, dressing up like a child. Or Predators, a yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And dressing up and pretending they are. And then children even taking off their clothes online because they are so in love with uh, this person. Yeah. And, you know, they, they give everything of their body. You know, forced marriages is a specialist training of safeguarding to make sure the children understand. So I do forced marriage training for adults and children. So professional like school teachers, social workers, so they understand what forced marriage is. So as the children that when comes to holiday to go abroad, they understand what it is and how to get help. For children and young adults is understanding how to get help because they don't speak up or they get too scared of their parents or their relative and they don't speak up. We've yeah. seen Pakistan still. I mean, if I talk about forced marriage, Brad, in Bangladeshi community, 2019 data in home office in UK shows is gone down to 2%. Pakistani community showed 40%. And oh, my gosh. This year, early this year, a graduate from here, she was working, went to Pakistan. She was shot dead early this year because she refused <sighs> to marry someone. 
And that was 40, a Forty percent peril? It is absolutely. So I do specialist training, this kind of specialist training, helping children, young people to uh, find out how to get help even the, 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 before they flee, uh, they leave this country. Or if they've been taken to India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and other Arabian countries, where to go help. Finally. How are they? How are they supposed to get out of that though? If this poor woman was shot dead because she refused yeah. to marry into forced marriage, how are these women supposed to get the help? Like, how do they get out of this? Yeah. I think it's really important for friends, relatives, professionals, uh, school teachers, uh, college teachers, university teachers, and colleagues, listen to those people who might be displaying anxiety oh my parents taking them back home i'm not sure that i'm going to be getting married off you know or children's uh, children in after high school understanding their fear if they start talking about as an adult or as a professional it's my duty to talk to them find out what their fear is and if they fear it's important to talk to other professional like england have a forced marriage unit is actually provided by the government services right and there are a lot of organizations working with a forced marriage unit to support children, support young adults. Both boys and girls are married, forced into marriage. But boys, boys is a small number. Yeah, of course. But girls is a high number. I can't believe that still. That is yes. absolutely insane that this forced marriage still exists and these poor girls and women are being pushed into something like this. Like and I would say to those young women who just graduated and working, but they, they still on family pressure, do not give up. Seek help. I recently helped a friend, niece. She was already working after graduation, but her dad was forcing her to get married to his second wife brother. Now, it is shocking. So I had to talk to her and say, look, you are an adult. You don't have to listen to your dad. You yeah. don't have to listen to anybody. If you want to marry in your choice, find a boy of your choice. You don't have to marry somebody else. The Islam, I mean, people before colluded with forced marriage and arranged marriage. People colluded with Islam, a religion. Like mm-hmm. Bangladesh, Pakistan was, oh, Islam said that you listen to your mom and dad. No, Islam does not say you listen to your mom and dad to force into marriage. Islam gave full right to men and women to choose their husband or wife. But the parents have pushed this indoctrination into their children and made them believe that it's religion that's saying that they have to listen to their mother and father. Yes, and that's absolutely wrong because they one of the things they don't realize that what they realize that they're creating a sin themselves if they believe in a religion. Oh yeah, my because gosh. of the economic gain, and sometimes parents been pushed by extended family member from back home. There's oh, give your daughter or give your son to marry my son or my daughter. So they get pressurized as well. But good thing is, Brad, one of the things I've seen, and I'm going to mention this, I've seen quite a lot of Pakistani women. They want to help their girl, but their husband forcing them. So I work with the mother as well saying, look, you don't have to listen to your husband to force your child into marriage or your son or daughter into marriage. That is absolutely heartbreaking. They have their own problem of their own relationship because of their husband. That is heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking and disgusting that it's still goes on in today's day and age the other work you mentioned about safeguarding brother is like yeah. county line is a hot i don't know whether you familiar with the word county line county line basically drug guns they use young people as a mule they use young yeah. people to carry drugs between different town with the train services with the with the transport system 
That's why it's called county land because they use young people to go one right. place to another place to sell drugs. Lots of people are unaware of the county line. Even before you was only children or young people who come from poor family. But during COVID, we've seen even middle class families, working class families, their children is being brainwashed or groomed to carry Jeez. drugs for those drug guns. So, so those are the safeguarding, especially training I provide. Sexual abuse, because I've seen being, you know, working with charities, one of our well, children and family services, one of the things I've seen is sometimes is hidden. It does not happen in my community. Well, child churches in England, I work with Diocese of London, and the churches in England is the highest child protection issues. Children are wow. abused in churches. Oh, yes, that, yeah. that's worldwide. Muslim community, something, oh, it doesn't happen in Muslim community. Sometimes Islamic priests could be the abuser. I'm not saying all, but yeah. every community, parents, you know, I have my own friend been abused by her dad, sexually abused. Oh, my gosh. But, so abuse, one of the things we need to remember that abusers are abusers. They do not have a religion. They don't have a color. They don't have a creed. No. They're just abusers. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And we shouldn't be focusing on, oh, this uh, This doesn't happen in my religion. This doesn't happen in my community. It happens in every section of the community, whether you're black, white, Asian, Muslim, Hindu, yeah, Christian, that's Buddhist, right. whatever. Yeah. You're it's right. 100%. In every community. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's what I love speaking about, Brad, that we all need to safeguard the vulnerable. 100%. Well, I think it's amazing that you're doing this work. It is much needed and kudos to you for doing this work. Thank you. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Peril? My skill set is I want to help others. Therefore, I need to help myself. I think one of the important things we forget that we need to help ourselves first before we can help others. And you have to have the passion, Brad. Now, yeah. I studied accounting and finance. I was good at math, so I studied accounting and finance because my teacher didn't allow me to become a doctor because I wanted to be a physician. And when I was in Bangladesh, I started high school. Moving to UK because English was my second language, I was not allowed to take GCSE as a science. I was forced into not uh, yeah do other things that, um, you know, uh, help improve my English and uh, maths. I was good at maths. So I became a qualified, you know, I, I did hard qualification in accounting. But because I loved working with people, I worked with children and family services. But what I realized is um, I'm now a human doctor. I mean, not a physician, but yeah. mind. I help people to reset their mindset so they can create the life they deserve. So for me, my biggest skills and my biggest strength is listening to people, helping them, to reshape them where they want to go and being patient and understanding and, you know, and, and being there, understanding their issue and being there in their shoe so I can help people. And my biggest desire, because I have specialists in women, is help women and teenagers because teenagers is fantastic work with. After a few sessions, they see the light in the other end. And children, are, they are our future. And when we can help children, they can run the country. So that's for right. me, is me first. When I help myself, I help others. And that's for me, that's my motto is I want to help all the women of the world. Beautiful. How do you define success? What does that word mean to you? Success for me is achieving my dream. 
of living the life that I want to live on. Success does not mean just having money. Success yeah. means is having a peaceful mind and yeah. then focusing on, yes, you need money to live on, live on the lifestyle you want to live on, but having that peace of mind said that worry-free. So I don't go into bed worrying what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't wake up anxious saying, oh, well, how am I going to spend the rest of my day? Success for me is having the quality time with my kids that I don't have to work during school holiday, that I can go on holiday and not worry about my, how my business is going to run, not worry about any job that I'm working on. So definitely having a peace of mind and that life, living the life that you want to live, live on. And that's for me is the success. Love it. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Well, I receive a lot of advice. I think, <laughs> uh, so many of them. I'll say that live at present. Live at present moment. Don't worry what happened in the past. Past is gone. We experience the life. So live at present is my, the best piece of advice that I received. And very wise. It's true. We Again, we only get one life, so you might as well live in the present. There's nothing we can do to change the past. The past has already happened. It's gone. It's behind us. So moving forward, live live in the now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Peril, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My dad. Yeah. I only had my dad six years as a full-time dad. Because my dad wow. was working in the UK before even he got married. So after he married my mom, I was born after four years of their marriage because my mom got married at a very young age. Now, dad used to come and visit us every few years. So I moved to the UK age of 14. So I only had my full dad as a full-time dad for like six years. Jeez. That six years before he was taking away from me, ex- uh, he wasn't ill or anything, and that's another story to share, Brad, is uh, he was not treated on time, and he lost his life in an intensive care at the end because he didn't get the right treatment on the right time. And watching him, the breathing going down on the machine, he was in a life support machine. For me, that's one of the biggest lessons and the biggest emotional lessons that I've gone through. I've seen my dad, how he helped people. Well, he was a spiritual person. I used to see dad, loads of people coming to my dad, for support. And he he helped selflessly without taking any money. He had a part-time job and he helped all these people. And he always gave. He always gave to his family, his parents, his brother, his sister. Everybody lived on my dad. You know, and for me and my dad, we were uh, best friends. Yeah. I didn't have the relation with my mom, but with my dad, we open, we had an open communication. So my dad, he always smiled. I never got told off by my parents. My dad <laughs> never, you know, if he see them, I might be doing something that may not be right. He'll say, Parole, this is the reason. You know, he'll always explain to me the reason. Yeah. Always tell me. I remember one day some of the neighbors, because I don't wear hijab, and some of the neighbors were saying, oh, how come your daughter going with a man to take her driving lesson and she doesn't wear a hijab? So my dad came and told me, saying, oh, the neighbors talking about you don't wear a headscarf. I said, Dad. I'm your daughter. You want me to wear a headscarf? Why should I wear it? Those ladies who are talking about me wearing headscarf and they're forcing their daughters go and see the school and the car park. All these daughters, they because they want freedom, they're going and meeting boys in the car. Now, wow. I don't do that. I respect yeah. myself and I respect you. 
you know. Since yeah. then, my dad never asked me what the neighbors say or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, uh, because I explained. And my dad will always explain and say, you know, like, I remember when I come to the UK and, and, and uh, my dad took me to the school and he was asking all the teachers, oh, is there boys travel around here? And the teacher saying, no, is outside, that boys doesn't go inside the school and all this. And my dad will always say, don't wear makeup. I don't want you to be uh, exposed to boys. So he, I mean, he has best things in his is his agenda, you know? And yeah. I kept myself focused. Okay, I'm not going to get a boyfriend or anything until I finish my study. I had an right. agenda of focus on my education, focus on myself, and focus on me, really. Yeah. And for me, thus seeing my dad, how he lived his life, and being open. And I, that's what I practice with my kids, Brad, having the open communication. That's having so the important. loving relationship. I yeah. think love is everything. Absolutely. If there is more love, we have been more peace in this world, no war. 100%. I agree with you 100%. And we need to start that at home with our children. Yes. And our family. Yeah. Parle, what is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? I think one thing is I did not look after myself, Brad. I gave away everything. I worked in a very high-paid job. I didn't keep any. Because I saw my dad giving I start giving away my money, wow. myself, my time. I worked like a workaholic. Before I had kids, instead of nine to five, I did nine to nine. I gave away everything. My, like work is everything. What I didn't realize is like I'm helping somebody to build their business, not my business. And the biggest lesson I've learned is I have to keep my cup full. Because if I don't keep my cup full, how can I pour into somebody else's cup? So me first before anybody else because if i earn enough money then i can give if i give before even i earn then how i'm going to live my life yeah very true 100 percent. what does the word empowerment mean to you for me is empowering yourself or someone else is so they can do things themselves without yeah and they don't allow things to impact them whether outside environment, what other people think, what other people say, but yeah. they can be best person of self that they don't allow negativity to take over their mindset, their life. So they are fully empowered to do things that they want to do. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next group of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing, okay? How would you describe yourself in one word? Passionate to help others. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. What makes you smile? my children. What was your dream job as a child? Physician. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Live at present. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Happiness. What is your favorite self-care practice? Meditation. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Parol, in the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Belief is I am first. I have to keep my cup full. So always giving myself first. Yeah. Behavior is creating a set of practice, daily habit, listening, reading, and gratitude. Yeah. Um, you know, visualization and gratitude. Those are the ones. Yeah, definitely listening and listening to great podcasts like this, Brad. You, you do fantastic <laughs> podcasts. Yes, Thank I, you. I, I, I learn from others. I always take. I always being around great people who achieve more and who uplifts me. Peril, what aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? 
for me is having the positive attitude to help others because the positivity is really important in our life. So it's hanging around with those positive people who uplift me is most important because if you hang around with five negative people, you could be the sixth person. If you hang around with five positive people, you'll be the sixth positive person. We cannot choose our family, but we can choose our friend. We can choose the network. Choose people who uplift you and distance yourself from people who are taking you down. So for me, definitely having a positive mindset, positive attitude is really important. Absolutely. What is something surprising that you've learned about yourself <laughs> in the past year? Great question, Brad. <laughs> I don't realize I can dance. Last few events I went and I was having fun. I was always serious yeah. wanting to do different things, but I can have fun. I can enjoy. I can dance. I think for me, those are the surprising things that uh, keeps kept saying, oh, I can dance, but I can dance. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Good for you. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Christian, I've inspired a lot of women. I've heard a lot and read about a lot about Mother Teresa, for example, how she helped others. If she was around, I definitely would have wanted to have a conversation with her. Peril, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece Confidence. of advice be? Don't be scared to speak up. If you feel someone saying something, someone done something that is not appropriate, is not right, speak up for yourself. Get help when needed. Don't sit down and just think, oh, what they're going to think. So always speak up for yourself. Beautiful. That is wonderful advice. Lastly, Peril, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? For me, be the best version of yourself. You have only one life. Focus on yourself. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help others. Friends, family, kids is there, but you got to look after yourself. Do not whinge on past. Past is gone. Live it present. Live it your dream life and get help. Get mentor and coach because there are people to help you. Peril, thank you so much for making and taking the time to be here with me today and sharing a bit about your story and your journey. I think the work you're doing is absolutely incredible. Just keep on shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world and helping all the beautiful souls that you're helping. Thank you for being here today. And I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography well, community. Thank you very much, Brad, for this opportunity to share my message with people. Thank you. It is my pleasure and such an incredibly inspirational conversation. So thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Peril Begum. She is an award-winning life, leadership, and confidence coach, the founder and owner of Booster Confidence Academy, and an international best-selling author. Thank you so much, Peril. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.